Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's media production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord radio show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just so grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. Now, there are over 1,700 live shows on that website at this hour, and you will consistently find this radio show on pages 1 through 4 of that website. Isn't God good? Oh, yes, he is. And if you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or special guests on this radio show, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Or you can call the Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6400. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special edition tonight. This is the fourth Tuesday of the month. That's right, the fourth Tuesday of the month. And we're always excited because my co-host, Kelly Fletcher, she serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana, and she'll be hosting her show, The Kelly Fletcher Show. So we're going to turn it over to you, Kelly. Enjoy your listening experience. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. This is Terry Jackson, and you're listening to a talk with my sisters on What a Word from the Lord radio show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to those in our listening audience. I appreciate you tuning in tonight. My name is Kelly Fletcher, and I am your co-host for the evening. I believe tonight's discussion is really necessary because fathers and dads should know how important and needed they are in their children's lives. I don't think dads really realize how essential their presence is and their involvement is for their child's overall well-being. But after tonight's discussion, I'm hoping that you see how valuable you are. So tonight's topic is a father's relationship with his children, and I'm happy to have one of those men who is a good father and dad as my guest. Uh, Brother Yusuf, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Kelly. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show tonight. Uh, My name is Yusuf Ford. I'm a minister of the Livingstone Church of Christ, and I'm also a business owner um, in the state of Indiana and Ohio. I've been in the ministry for 40-ish years and a member of the church since I was 16. I'm now 63 years old. I have seven children and four grandchildren. So I'm a proud father and grandfather and um, just have just doing the best I can living this wonderful life. Amen. So actually we we can safely say that you are possibly an expert. Uh, I won't go that far, far, but I've got some time time under my belt. (laughs) Okay, okay. So um, Nathaniel Turner, uh, he wrote a book called It's a Jungle Out There, and he has an interesting take on the relationship between Mufasa and Simba from The Lion King, Hmm. a father and his child. So Nathan, he shared some rules on parenting lessons, and based on your experience as a father and dad, I would like to get your thoughts on just a few of those rules. So the first rule he mentioned was a father must share equally the task of raising a child. So I I believe I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Were you present for the birth of each of your children? Yes, I was. Um, since we know each other, you, yes. you know the history. <laughs> um, but yes, I was there, and um, no other place to be. You know, we and funny thing because we, I guess we we talked about these questions without knowing um, mm-hmm. that you know 
this particular having this particular conversation. It's just kind of funny that it happened. Um, but yeah, I, I was there for all of the all seven, and each one was different. And I, there was no no other place for me to be. <laughs> I had to be there. It was exciting too. I mean, if you if you're a father, going to be a father, um, I encourage you. <laughs> go into the delivery room. You will be in awe. You will be shocked, amazed, <laughs> and just kind of blown away. It's a it's a great it's a great experience. Well, why why was it so important for you to be there? Um, <laughs> why well, why well, well <laughs> a couple of things. Knowing Wilma the way you do, you know why it's important. <laughs> you better be. You there. better be there. <laughs> But as a dad, um, it was just, you know, from from the time I first found out that, you know, we were going to have a child. And then just watching Wilma go through the whole process, you know, the whole nine months and leading up to it to the time where, okay, well, it's time to go. And But she, you know, she had um, some issues, uh, C-section, and so she couldn't have children the normal you know, do it the normal path. Right. And the cesarean section was, you know, what she had to have for all of them. But, man, that moment that uh, the first child, we had the first, you know, child, Heather, all the way to John. Each time Mm -hmm. it was just like a new experience, and I had to be there for her to support her and be there for, you know, the baby, to support the baby from the very start. That was very important to me. How uh, did you engage? Because I, you know, according to Nathaniel was saying, you know, it's a critical time for fathers to be present and engaged. Okay. During the birth of their children. <clears throat> I think um, I don't know him, yeah. um, and I've never read that particular book, but I'm I, I assume. He meant the interaction mm-hmm. um, from the very beginning. I think we talked about this a long time ago, you know, in conversation that the the child and the parents make links immediately. Right. In fact, they're linked before birth. And one of the things that uh, fathers and people often do is, you know, talk to the talk through the belly. Mm-hmm. Um, the voice, and I think they they understand that voice because when the when the, the baby was born, the babies were born, and I would look at them, hold them, and then start talking to them. It's kind of like they were just their eyes were fixed, and wow. they're not supposed to be able to see at birth. But I think that they have an in- instinct. Um, they're wired. <laughs> to know, yeah, you know, yeah. and so yeah, for me that was important, and it also gave me a chance to, to um, accept them and to, to connect, I guess, with with the child. So, okay. unfortunately, um, a lot of fathers, from what I've read and and from the statistics, are not there. Yeah, um, at yeah, birth yeah. and throughout the course of the of the child's life, and that's unfortunate because mm-hmm. they miss so much. It's just again, children are amazing. The Bible says that children are an inheritance of the Lord, and they truly Amen. are. They certainly are, you know, because they are of God. Life is of God, and you Amen. see in the most purest form God's work. I mean, you could go on top of a mountain. <laughs> You know, that's never been touched by mankind, you know, but this is a living creature that's made in God's image. And when you hold that child, man, it just takes you somewhere. So that's, that's what was important to me. Once, once the first, I had the first, we had the first child, I was hooked. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. You're not, you're not going to keep me out of that room. Right. Right. Amen. Um, At the beginning of Lion King, uh, it was more focused on. The relationship between Mufasa and Simba, um, a father and, and his son, or a father and his child, mm-hmm. 
So as children grow from that infant stage to toddler, you know, and they go on to preschooler and, and progress from there, why is the father's engagement with his child or his children so vital as, as they grow? Well, uh, again, it's, it was important for me to, to set the pace uh, for my children and my grandchildren, for that matter, to know that I was going to always be there for them, you know, right. through thick and thin, from start to finish, from young, from birth to whenever, till I die, through all the hardships, through the good times, um, just just making sure for me, making sure my my children knew that I would be there to support them their entire life, and we did. I didn't. We didn't have all these. You know, pardon me for saying these these issues that they have nowadays, and and there were fathers who right. were negligent, right? Right. And every generation there are. Yeah. But <laughs> less lesser so when I was growing up, because you know, in our neighborhood, the entire families were there in the homes. Right. You know, mom and dad were there with the grand. You know, the grandparents would show up. All my neighbors, um, and my and my peers. Fathers and mothers were at home, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it was. The structure was different, and so we were taught differently, and our values, I think, were different than a lot of people in this generation. Because I see so much, so many families without that father figure there, Amen. and they're struggling. And I'm and I'm blessed to have, even though my dad and I didn't always agree. Mm-hmm. Um, on everything, but you know there were rules and regulations and structure right. and principles. You know, just like in The Lion King, right. <laughs> just like right. the, just like right. the movie, right? You know, so <laughs> um, it was important that was passed on, and I think it's important to pass that on to this generation. And I feel like my children are gonna, and the ones who have had children already, those things are instinctive. They're they're there. The yeah. foundation is laid, and they're great parents too. Not saying that I am, but I feel like I did a pretty good job, you know, yes, in reflecting, yes, looking, looking, you know, standing from a distance and looking at how they're raising their, their children. Mm-hmm. I like to feel like, you know, I, I played a part in that. Amen. And you did. Okay. You did. <laughs> I, I, I know them all. You okay. did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. you know, um. So I think about the the relationship that Mufasa and Simba had, and they they seemed to be uh, it was like Simba could talk to his dad, mm. and they seemed to be like friends. Are you <laughs> and your children friends? Were yeah. I'll, let me ask this: were you, <laughs> were you friends when they were younger, and how is, does that differ okay. now that they're older? Not so much younger. Um, okay. Because it was more of a parenting thing, I was still learning how to be a parent too. Right. And right. I had children while I was fairly young. I was, you know, beginning my twenties, and so I was more concerned with, man, how am I gonna take care of these kids, lead them, teach them, yeah, um, be an example. It was just, it was, the the dynamics were different. And I think I was more in the parenting mode than anything. You know, right. I don't think, um, I would call my children, my, my, my boys at least, somebody, because my dad called us, he called everybody somebody, you know. <laughs> everybody was somebody. And, um, but I tr- I tried to be, at the time, the best father I could be. I didn't really think about them being my friend. Mm-hmm. As they got older, they start, you know, the dynamics, the relationship started shifting. Wow. And then um, in the last 10, 15 years, it really has shifted in terms of how we interact, how we look at each other. There's still that uh, respect as a parent, even though I feel like I am friends with my children. um, 
there are certain things that we that I allow and that we you know certain boundaries we we have mm-hmm. that they don't cross right and and as long as we respect those boundaries and I respect theirs because they are adults, we can still have the same types of things as friends and friendships are when when two people are honest and they speak from the heart and they have good intentions and they um, they want the best for each other. I think that's what friendships are. That's what friendship, Amen. that's the foundation of a friendship. But they understand the hierarchy, you know, the pecking order. That, right, ne- right. that, that never changes. Amen. Can a child say, can, a, can, can my child deny my request? Certainly can. Mm-hmm. Now my wife might not <laughs> that might not sit well with her. She, she's not gonna like that. She's not gonna sit right with her. But the but the but the thing is, Kelly, you don't wanna put them in a position to have to say no. Or Amen. have to you know, where they can't they can't be there. Right. Because children for the most part want to be there, but I don't right. think parents have the right to overrule or um, you know, try to force that parenting card. I'm the Amen. parent. I'm your mom. I'm your dad. You should be blah, blah, blah. Mm. Right. But, you know, maybe that works every now and again, but for the most part, I don't think we should put them in a position to, to not, you know, to have to say, I can't do it. I can't do that today. Or I can't, I don't feel comfortable doing that. So, in that in that perspective, I mean that respect, I think it's you know as far as a friendship goes, friends can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> you accept yeah. it. Or if, yeah. a, if a child if your if your child tells you that you know, that doesn't always bode well. So but I don't put my children in those situations, so I never have to worry. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So another rule that he mentioned was train your child to be a great citizen. Mm-hmm. So as children get older, we know they, they're going to do some things parents don't approve of. I know that I did. But nowadays we hear so much about young people behaving badly. And, of course, we know it's not all young people, but that's what we hear about. So what did you do? to train your children up to be good citizens and good people. <laughs> I'm a preacher. <laughs> the PK. The PK. You get that get that sermon every day, all day. But you know, I'm fortunate because my kids didn't have to have that all the time. I had a conversation with my sister yesterday after sermon after the sermon. Um you were there for that sermon yes. uh, yesterday. Um, Good lesson, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, those storms, those winter Amen. storms changed the life. And so um, she she and I were talking about um, the difference between how our parents raised us and how we're raising our children and grandchildren and the fact that, to be honest, we were – we we were disciplined harshly, in my mm-hmm. opinion, honest opinion, but the fact that it wasn't necessary. Right. Some you know, some children require stern discipline, but not all children require stern discipline. You mm-hmm. can most children you can speak to, and I, that's the difference. That's what I've learned over the years how to to reevaluate to listen and to observe things that are going on and then to really focus on the the children and i think you know conversations that we have with them which is what i did a lot of times and that's why my my children for the most part and our family for that matter we were not alcoholics we didn't we didn't grow up thugs we didn't wind up in the in the uh correction you know in the institution correction institutions um mm-hmm. we weren't lawless 
Mm-hmm. You know, we were in our family, for that matter. I think our family is in good standing, and that was passed down. So basically the teachings, uh, the biblical teachings, and the time we spent talking to them, taking them with us, allowing them to see things happen and, and to observe the consequences of those things, and then having more conversations with them about what they saw and what they're seeing and the consequences. They didn't want to get in trouble. And so they, right. they, they were, by virtue of all those things combined, and most of it is having conversations with your mm-hmm. children. You can't allow them to grow up on their own. Can you know, watching Suits is not going to make your kid or <laughs> <laughs> watching the rookies and, and police shows and CSI. Those are, those shows are not going to make your children good citizens. Right. It's right. parents spending time and molding them and Amen. sharing and talking and having a good time and not having a good time, but helping them to understand the world and how it's to their advantage to live a godly and productive life. That's what makes the difference. And that's what we did. Amen. And that sounds like to me that that would be some good advice for maybe fathers that are not um, present Mm -hmm. or involved or even new fathers. Uh, Just sounds like that would be good advice for them to follow. I don't know how many of your listeners are males, but if the ladies um, are listening to this broadcast, do your other part, your your, your partner or your your sons a, a favor mm-hmm. and allow them to hear this broadcast. Replay it again so that you can't force them to listen to it. Right, right. Um, but I'm telling you the truth here. Amen. <laughs> tell you what Amen. works, you know. Amen. And I'll share with with you what doesn't work. But right. but these are the things that work for us, and we've had a so far knock on wood a um, yeah. a stress free life in terms of my kids being in trouble with uh, having civil problems or legal problems or criminal problems. They don't right. have criminal backgrounds. And, sort of thing they're productive and they're they're not always happy because they want more but right. they're solid solid citizens amen amen so another rule is share your child's life with your village and just through observation you know and, and being around <laughs> you and sister wilma and others i know that parenting it, it can be more than a two-person job. Mm, yes, ma'am. So help from a village, it might sometimes be necessary, but it's also important to have the right villagers. Mm-hmm. So as you and, and Sister Wilma were raising uh, your children, what were the mandatory qualities that the quote-unquote right villagers needed to possess? Well, first of all, the village is salvation. Amen. And my children still talk about the villagers, the villagers. The villagers are very important because, again, we were all old school, (laughs) as they say. In our generation, we grew up in the neighborhoods where if I were, for example, if I were walking down the street and I was misbehaving. Mm hmm. Villager three doors down would whoop my behind <laughs> and go home, yes, send me home, and then mom and dad be wake, waiting for part two of that killing spree. <laughs> right. So this is the kind of, y- y'all know what I'm talking about out Amen. there. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Boy, you didn't mess with the villagers. And so Man. the villagers could be the villain. <laughs> or the same right. or the saviors. <laughs> but for the most part for my children growing up in the village, man, the village villagers were amazing. Man. And I think it's so important. It's a, it's a, it's sad. Um yeah. my neighbor neighbors are moving out next to us. 
and they lived there for a year. And, And on the day they were moving out, we finally introduced ourselves after a year, after a year. And that's the common thing now. Nobody in the new neighborhood, I challenge you, how many neighbors in your neighborhood do you know? And do do you all get along? Do you, you know, you meet in the middle street, like Sandlot, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. everybody Uh has those, you know, the summer parties, the the, the summer um, parties at night we used to have in the corner, you know, the whole neighborhood gets together. They right. don't. They don't do that in Indiana, Indianapolis, uh, not in our neighborhood. And yeah. I think that's a common thing across the country. People don't want to know each other. Amen. And they don't want you in their business. And you yeah. certainly will not touch their child. Right. 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 <laughs> that right. will have consequences and repercussions, right. uh, as Eddie Murphy said. So right. you know, it's just different. But in the church. Uh, the village was very tight knit and it was very important Amen. and it was saving because everybody was concerned about each other's children and we were all walking the same path. Right. And we right. all wanted our children to get to the same place. So Amen. that village was salvation. Amen. Um, how can, e- even with your children, uh, at the age that they are, they're they're adults, young adults. How can um, the villagers still continue to support them, or or can they? They they do, because they're they're part of their lives now. Amen. So they have conversations, and I don't I don't even know about them. I don't even know about the yeah, conversations right. I'll hear from my children. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to. Sister so and so and went over there and we have I'm like, wait a minute, um you when did you go over there? Oh, well, I've been over there several times. Well you know, you don't hear about those conversations and then your friends who are the villagers, they don't tell you either. Amen. So is you know, that's a good thing that they have that that relationship where they're kinda like, you know, auntie, um, or you know, mom number one, mama number two. Um, God, mom, Godmother, Godmother, number one, two, three, four, five, six, ten, right. twenty, Auntie, thirty, you know that sort of thing. Um, it's amazing because uh, there's a lot of conversations I didn't have to have with my children because the villagers had it. Yeah. Amen. So that's why you want to connect yourself with a good congregation, a good village. Um, that supportive and that think the way you do and have the same mm-hmm. values that you do. Amen. And as my father would always say, stay away from people that don't, you know, that are going in another direction. Even growing up and the peers that I had, you know, he'd spot them out. And one of the, his rules were stay away from troublemakers, stay away from, yes, stay away from big crowds, stay away from, mm-hmm. you know, he had, you know, rule number one of, 107, you know. Right, right. Um, and we memorized those rules, and they stuck with us. But we had our those solid neighbors who dad mom would always communicate with, and, you know, they kept you straight because, you know, you, know, you could act up for the next 300 feet down the <laughs> sidewalk, but once you reach a, reach a certain point, Mrs. Kravitz was looking out yes. the window. Yeah, and we had about four or five Mrs. Kravitz on each street, so yeah, you you couldn't get away with anything. Right, right, right. Um, I I thought about something, which of course I I, I won't disclose it, but I <laughs> talked to one of the uh, one of the kids, or I won't say uh, children, I'll say. Okay. Um, not long ago, called me just to say hey supposed to be about a 15-minute conversation. I think we talked for about two hours. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I know who it is. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, I didn't mean to hold you this long. I was like, that's okay. It's been a minute. Mm -hmm. And it was fine, Mm -hmm. you know. But it was a blessing. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Um, So I know that... uh, the villages, they can be inclusive of other men uh, who also have their own children. Mm. So what can men do to encourage each other 
uh, to be actively involved in their their child's life and not just be present. Think about your responsibility. Think Amen. about the future. Amen. Think about what you're producing. And think also about, now you can't always think about this stuff on the dime. It takes some meditation and some self-reflection. What what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want your grand your great 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 grandchildren to know about you, and Amen. and what will they say about you, and and you're writing that legacy every day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and people talk, right, <laughs> right. You know, this is a day and age where okay, my great 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 grand grandfather I never knew, my great 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 grandfather I never knew, and my grandmother. Right. But I I would be shocked if in the afterlife we have these conversations um about you know the the family tree and heritage and and legacies where if the world lasts 200 years from now your grandchildren you see and they see yeah, I saw videos of you I saw tapes of you. Mm -hmm. I heard video. I saw the type of person you were (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because things are different now than when we were growing up. You know, when we were growing up, we had four radio TV stations, channel four, channel six, channel eight, Sarkis Tarzium, right? Right. Uh, Right. Channel six, channel, channel 13. And then 59 came along four channels. And, at eleven o'clock, after the after the national anthem, right, right, that was it, baby. I mean, TV was it was gone. Yeah, it was gone until like seven in the morning, right, where it came back on. Welcome, you know, you know, whatever the broadcaster said. But nowadays, news is being covered by every person that has a cell phone. Yes, and you have so many. Um, platforms, social media platforms that things are being recorded all over the world. News is traveling around the world um, on this by the second, instant, mm-hmm. instantly being recorded. And so things are not lost because one certain broadcasting affiliation wanted to spin it this way or that way. Right. It's wide open. And so they're reporting the truth. And the same thing will be true about us. And so <clears throat> to bring it back to the question, as a father, <laughs> you know, your 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 life is going to be put out there. Amen. And it's certainly going to be remembered by generations to come what type of person you were. Mm. And so that's something to think about. And, and that's just scratching the surface because, you know, what kind of person, you know, you can't please your children all the time. You wow. can't always give them everything that they want. But what you can do mm-hmm. is you can love them every day. And what you can do is you can spend time with them every day. And what you can do right. is share what you have with them. And what you can do is be mm-hmm. there when they're going through something. Amen. Amen. So it's not about what you can't do. It's about what do you have the power to do now. Amen. Amen. And so fathers can, this is the message that we need to spread to all the men and all the men in the village. And when you're in our village, you're, you're actively involved in your child's life. Right. Because it's my job to make sure that you hear about it. Now they may not necessarily agree with me, but I am going to speak on it. I'm going to speak to them and and I'm going to talk to them and share with them how important it is you know, to be there, to just be there. And if you made a mistake for the first 10 years and you weren't there, stop crying over spilled milk. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? That's it. Okay. Amen. So (laughs) my, my next rule, uh, that was good. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) it. Thank the Lord. It's true. <laughs> it's the truth. It's Amen. The truth. Um, 
So my next, the next rule that I've read about, he said, don't make a promise to your child that you don't have every intention of keeping. Mm. What can it <laughs> potentially mean to a child or your children for a father to break a promise or not keep his word? Children keep things really close. I mean, most kids, um, I guess they're kind of like us, like a little adults. Um, mm-hmm. If you break your promise to us, we will give you one or two chances. Right. Strike three, you're out. Right. Like President Bush said, fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice, can't be fooled like that again. <laughs> uh, if you promise a child a nickel yes, last Friday, at, you know, on Tuesday morning at 6, I'm going to give you a nickel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 8 o'clock before you go to to school on Tuesday, I'm gonna give you a nickel. On your way to on your way to school, if you haven't given them that nickel, they're asking for it because <laughs> they're expecting you to keep yes, that promise. Sir. And this could be devastating to them if you don't keep your promise. So it's right. best just not to make a promise if you know you can't keep it because it lasts a lifetime. I had my kids tell me stuff, and I'm like, yeah, no, no, that <laughs> didn't happen like that. And then three or four of them were like, yes. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> like, listen, I may be old, but I'm not like, that old. Yeah. I remember what I said and what I did. No, Dad, you, you said thus and so, and they would just they start did. crying and laughing. Okay, so um, another rule is to set firm, unmistakably easy-to-understand parameters. So when we think about Mufasa and Simba, um, Mufasa was showing Simba all that uh, I guess they they owned or all the land that they could cross yep. and walk on. And he said, everything the light touches is their kingdom. Right. Uh, but Simba wanted to know, out of all this area uh, Mufasa has showed him, Simba wanted to know about the shadowy area, the mm. shadowy place, right. which was the elephant graveyard. And so Mufasa clearly told him, that's not where you need to go. You know, it was clear. So you can set easy to understand parameters, but children, they are not always going to do what they're told. As a father, you know in some things they're going to do the opposite of what you said. Right. And they're going to end up falling or getting hurt. Do you think that... Uh, a child should experience a fall. Yes, I think so. Um, and that's one of the blessings of being a parent, learning. <laughs> that's Amen. one of those things I talked to the church about yesterday in, in the lesson was having the experience now to know when to let them run into that wall. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you first become a parent, you don't, you know, you you want to always protect your child, even when they get older. You you, right. you don't want anything to befall them. But that's the blessing of learning life because some things need to befall them. They need Amen. to experience um, a reality, and that is Amen. you have experience. And when you say something, you're not saying it because necessarily because they don't want you don't want them to have that, or because they had. You know, I've, I've heard my my kids say this about the grandkids. You never let us get away with that. You know, <laughs> we never could say anything. We never could say mm-hmm. Well, you know, everybody's different. Amen. And you don't want that, you know, that, that sort of thing to ride like that. But at the same time, as I said earlier, everybody's different. So some kids require more strenuous conversations. And some you have to just allow them to you know, open that door, let winter come, and let them experience the cold reality of truth. You know, Amen. and then when they come back, they can come back. They'll come back usually, maybe not when they're younger, but older, and they'll come back with you know, <laughs> you were right. Amen. You know, I see myself doing the same thing, and they laugh about it. But sometimes you have to let them take that hit. Because sometimes that's the best and the only thing that's going to help them to realize that they need to slow down or 
make different decisions. So, yeah, have to. Amen. Amen. So I noticed uh, that in the movie, Mufasa didn't give Simba an explanation, uh, telling him why he couldn't go to the shadowy place. Mm -hmm. Do you think because I said so, which is something, you know, from time to time I, I I would hear when I was younger. No, you can't go because I said so, you know, yeah. not that we were really questioning my father yeah. or my mother, but uh, should that always be like the go-to response or do you believe explanations should be given to help children understand? I think it's the, it depends on the tone of the question. Okay. It depends on the attitude of the child. I mean, if they come at you with the wrong energy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then you're going to return that energy. <laughs> if that makes sense. So. Well, yeah. If you ask yes, me like you my boss or something, we could take this upstairs. <laughs> talking, hey, about, talking about stuff. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Do you really want to know why? <laughs> Usually, you can explain it to them, but like I said, it just depends on that that energy that's coming. Right. And then you know, <laughs> you can be that really tolerant parent that just wants to explain everything. <laughs> right. Right. Oh Lord! Oh Lord! I know. Well, John, <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. It's just funny because everybody has to deal with the kids and have that attitude. Yes, like, wait yes, a minute, sir. hold up. Right. You trying to put me in? The, you trying to put me on the carpet? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, why can't I? Oh man. Do, <laughs> Do you trust me? To, oh, you know what? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead on out there. <laughs> I told, yeah, I told you that story a long time ago about Marcy and the, uh, the the name of the game. You remember? What, remember what was it? My, I had a I had a neighbor, a young neighbor named Marcy. He'd always get in trouble. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> tell, tell that one. <laughs> so Marcy. My dad and I would always be out in the short yard, right? So dad was an uh, outdoorsman, and he was a he was an electrician. He was a Einstein. He was a Renaissance man. So we were outside working one day, and he sent me inside to get something. And he had a tool. <laughs> he had more tools than probably Sears and Roebuck. <laughs> and so I was downstairs trying to find this tool. Meanwhile, Marcy, my next neighbor, which is the youngest boy was headed towards the back of our subdivision and dad called him out there. Dad was in the yard by the sidewalk saying, hey, Marcy, you shouldn't be going, going back there today because there's a lot of stuff going on back there. Marcy looked at him and said, that's the name of the game, Mr. Ford. <laughs> <laughs> My dad said, okay. <laughs> so apparently about 15 minutes later, Marcy came back screaming and hollering, <laughs> black eye. You know, <laughs> he looked like he'd been beat up by four or five people. Dad's like, what's wrong with you, Marcy? He's like, yeah, they, they do this stuff to so. Dad said, that's the name of the game, bro, right? That's the name of the game. <laughs> <laughs> you let him go back to the world, listen. Okay. Uh -huh. Listen he to should the have villagers. listened. Exactly. <laughs> the villagers telling you don't go back there. Exactly. <laughs> the the tribe <laughs> the tribe is restless. <laughs> oh man. Oh my goodness. Great story. Oh my goodness. That story stays that a with story. a bunch of them. <laughs> That's yes, the only sir. one I get shared tonight on the air. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the game. That's the name of the game, my friend. <laughs> oh my goodness. So just thinking about other conversations that that uh, you may have had with your children, do you believe that fathers should have those real hard, you know, conversations with their children? For example, life, death, mm -hmm. uh, relationships. And, and if so, how helpful 
are these conversations, do you think, to children? I think they're very important, um, but you have, they're, you know, of course that conversation is going to be, you know, uh, age-related, you know, age-appropriate um, conversations, but you absolutely have to have those conversations because here's the reality. If you don't, somebody will. And right. they'll turn it and spin it in such a way that they're, your children are vulnerable. And mm-hmm. they'll take advantage of that because ignorance is not blessed. And people will right. take advantage of ignorance. And if your kids don't know and have not had those conversations, like, yeah, things are moving too fast. And you, you, we need to move at the same speed that the world is moving at because there's a lot of things I don't believe in and I don't agree right. with happening in the world today. Right. I never would have flown when we were growing up, but now everything exactly. goes. And they, they're teaching all these things in school. But if you speak out, then you're the bad guy. So you have to do it at home. You mm-hmm. have to do, you have to create that balance. And it's a yeah. shame that they have to know what they have to know before it's time for them to really, we think they should know it. But right. you have to have those conversations because if, if not, we're putting them at risk. But again, age appropriate as you go. Amen. But train up a Amen. child in the way you go. Proverbs twenty-two verse six. If I can quote scripture, and one quote scriptures tonight, but yeah, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they not right. they will not depart from it. So you instill these things. It's wrong to do this. Right. You should right. not do that. That's the wrong behavior. And this, right. let's read some passages today. Amen. Tonight and keep reading till it's instilled, until Amen. it's part of their makeup. They automatically mm-hmm. know, and that's why you don't see a lot of Jewish people in jail. Right, right. You don't see a lot. Well, that's here in America. <laughs> what about right. in, in Israel? Well, right. that's a different story. That's different what, story. that's their homeland, right? Different location. <laughs> different location, but it's for different reasons that they're in prison. Exactly. But here in America, you don't find a lot of. Uh, of Jews in in jail because they're they're taught from an early age what life is about, mm-hmm. and the parents are not shocked. And so we shouldn't be shocked to have these conversations with them because it's natural, Amen. and it's unnatural for um, anyone other than their parents to have these conversations. So Amen. we got to get over it. Right, right, right. And I just thought about it. It goes back to the other topic or uh, discussion that we were having about training up your children to be good people, yep. good citizens. Yes. Same thing. You Same know, conversation. It's necessary. Same conversations. Yeah. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Now you mentioned uh, being vulnerable or vulnerability. And I know sometimes people see vulnerability as a sign of weakness. Uh, I personally see it as experiences that have made us who we are uh and it also vulnerability i think shows a a human side how important is it when you talk to your children that you're being vulnerable with them um, and that you're not being guarded when the time comes Mm -hmm. Um, it's important to to be honest Amen. and to share your failures and successes mm-hmm. because we don't stay in the same place, right? Um, but right. It, it, but that also is it can be a little complicated because if you have boys and girls, sometimes the boys get a different conversation than the girls get. But I think. You still have to be honest with them, and 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 by your conversations, you're you're telling them it's okay to fall. Amen. It's a natural process, but it's also it takes a bigger person and a stronger person to pick up themselves, and to and to and to refocus and to understand. That's the part of that's that's part of nature too. Amen. And that's a that's a part of nature that we as adults on. on sometime understand um 
But then, you know, we want to give this perception that we've never fallen, we've never made any mistakes, but that's the wrong course, I think. Amen. You know, be honest with them. And so they can see to a degree how you turned out. Right. I made mistakes, but I was able to overcome those mistakes and look where I am. It's only natural. It's only natural because we live in a world. We live in a physical realm. And we live in the place where you're going to fall. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We go quoting scriptures again. But everyone has fallen. Everyone has made. How many of you listening to this broadcast have never erred? How many of you, you know, have you been righteous all your life? Have you not Mm -hmm. made a mistake in your life? Have you not gone before the altar before? Have you not had to ask God to forgive you? Have you not had to ask someone to pardon you? Amen. It's part of it's part of the process, and part of the process. If we look at it properly, then it can be we can use it to our advantage because it's a learning tool. It's how right. we learn, right? And so we just don't want to look like a weak person to the other individual. But uh, the 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 weaker you look, and the more honest you are, the more powerful you are. And Amen. And the more, you know, and people are proud. They're proud of you. Amen. And they have a story to sh- to share. And you right. have something in common. Right. So that's why it's important. Because then you can look at them and say, I know exactly how you feel and, mm-hmm. and truly mm-hmm. mean it. It's relatable. It's relatable. Because I know exactly. Some, how many times we say, I know how you feel. You do not know how I feel. Mm-hmm. You have no mm-hmm. idea how I feel, but when you can actually say, "I know how you feel," and they know that you know how they feel, right? Because you right. sat in that seat. Amen. Then the the next appropriate question, or the question that follows, is, "How did you get better? How did you recover? How did you get on your feet?" And then Amen. you can have that conversation. Yes. Amen. So I know we're uh, getting close to time, but I just wanted to ask, uh, you know, there may be some new fathers or or fathers who haven't been 100% present in our audience today. Um, As a father of seven children, what advice can you share uh, that will encourage those fathers to be not just present but actively involved in their child's life? And then what encouragement can you give to those fathers who are involved in their child's life well the fathers that are involved i don't have to we're speaking to the choir i just i just like to say you know congratulations um great job keep it up because your children will always need you the rest of our lives they're going to need us (laughs) they're going to always be in our pockets yes (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) they're going to always call us in the middle of the night Right. Um, they're going to always need our advice. They're going to always need us to be there, even if we're not talking. Amen. And that's the same advice I would give to the ones who have not been there. You know, um, it's Amen. about it's about both of you, but it's about you owning up to your responsibility of bringing a child into this life. And. Amen. You know, go back and listen to this conversation mm-hmm. and listen to it again until you can relate to it and start, you know, start the process or keep up Amen. the process and just build momentum. And don't, you know, it, it takes time to gain trust. So Amen. the sooner you can start, <laughs> the better. Amen. And there's always hope because kids, children are forgiving. They want to forgive you. They want to have a relationship. They want to, something has been missing. And so nobody can replace their father. That's right. I thought about that scripture. He said uh, that uh, the glory of the father Mm -hmm. or the glory of the children is the father. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. And I think about that. Yeah, just be there. Just Amen. St- just start. That's, Amen. That's, that's my advice. 
Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you, Bray Yusuf, um, for the, the conversation. Like I said, I believe this is this is a, a really important and necessary conversation. So I really appreciate uh, you being on tonight. Um, as Bray Yusuf said, he is a, a minister at a Livingstone Church of Christ here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And he is he is also my minister. Um, been in the kind I've been in the church for 40 years or 40, I think, just about 40 years, uh, and I've known Brother Yusuf 30-something of those years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amen. So, I, again, I just want to thank you uh, and thank the Lord for having you on. Thank you. Uh, I also want to thank Brother Stevie um, for giving us this platform. I really appreciate him, and it has allowed me to uh, have various guests on and talk about uh, a multitude of topics, so I really appreciate it. And I want to thank uh, those in the audience tonight uh, that are listening. Your presence is greatly appreciated. If you have any questions uh, on tonight's topic or for my guests, uh, please send an email to butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Thank you very much for listening, and have a great evening. I'll now turn it over to Brother Stevie. Hey, sis, this is Genesis Archer, and you're listening to A Talk With My Sister on What A Word From The Lord Radio Show. Peace and love. You're listening to What A Word From The Lord Radio Show. Yeah. 
from the Lord Radio Show.